0: and you're listening to the Mavs Step Back Podcast.
2: How's it going everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host Dalton Trigg. You can find me on Twitter at Dalton underscore Trigg. I'm joined yet again by my co-host Drew Johnson. You can find him at CoachDrew33 on Twitter. DJ, what's up man? How is your Tuesday going?
1: Well, we got in at uh, at midnight this morning, so uh, <laughs> I didn't even get to bed until probably about one one thirty this morning. So,
2: I, I'm in the same boat as you. The uh, for some reason, the Mavs decided to have a eight forty five tip off time for a home game on a Monday, and so by the time you know, I do the I do a little quick. Uh, recap pod for in the mornings you know not just for the Mavs but overall NBA stuff just a short one I throw out there in the mornings now and did the recap for the game on dousebasketball.com and before it was said and done it was about one o'clock one thirty before I went to bed so I, I understand that. Is I don't know what it is about you know Monday's always being like that but hey hey we made it
1: yeah we're here now
2: <laughs> um But just a a brief recap of of what we witnessed in that game against the Nets. For some reason, Mavs-Nets is just uh, uh, a heart-stopper this year for some reason. The first time they played them, it was a 129-125 overtime win for the Mavs in Brooklyn. Uh, Now in Dallas – uh, it was still a close game, but there was a lot more defense being played because the Mavs won 96 to 94 this time.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, the Nets didn't have Kyrie Irving, who dropped 39 points on the Mavs last time they played. That didn't matter. It was still close. Kevin Durant is still very much that dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even though I thought the Mavs, uh, and I'll get your thoughts on this too, but I mean, I kind of thought the Mavs did a pretty good job uh, defending him in that game last night. You know, they were throwing a lot of different coverages at him. They were really, uh, you know, aggressive with their traps and making him get rid of the ball and do stuff he's not as comfortable doing. Uh, so, I mean, I, that was that was pretty encouraging to see. The defense was on point. But, you know, the Mavs, they still have this issue where they can't hold on to fourth quarter leads. You know, they, they ballooned it up to 10 or 11 points with like four or five min- minutes left. And sure enough, they found themselves in a situation where they could have blown it. Uh, They were only up three with about five seconds left. Dorian Finney-Smith, for some reason, reached in on a Kevin Durant three-point attempt, fouled him. Uh, I'm thinking, okay, this is going into overtime because Kevin Durant just does not miss free throws. I think he had made like 62, 63 in a row at that point. Mm -hmm. He misses the second one, and the Mavs come out. Uh, With the win and Luca and Dorian Finney Smith, they both hit really clutch free throws down the stretch of that one. So, overall, Mavs win. They're six and three. They've won four consecutive games uh, after that really disappointing uh, meltdown against the Oklahoma City Thunder. They've gotten on track. It hasn't been pretty, but a win is a win is a win, as they say. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, now They go and play a road back-to-back against the Orlando Magic on Wednesday and then former Maverick, Kristaps Porzingis and the Washington Wizards on Thursday. So, uh, overall, DJ, what were your initial takeaways from that uh, second win over the Nets this season?
1: Well, I think that the reason that these games are so close is, A, we had a really huge turnover issue. I mean, we had, was it 22
2: turnovers on the game? I believe that's right. It was, a, it was uncharacteristically high number of yeah. turnovers for the Mavs. Um, whenever you have that many turnovers,
1: it's really hard to win. Um, now what they did have going for them is, you know, a guy named Luca, but, and that always helps. Um, you know, you mentioned defending Kevin Durant, uh, I agree. I think they threw some great stuff at him. And I think that Kevin Durant is capable of going for 60 on any night. Um, He doesn't have Kyrie Irving, so he knows. I mean, he's got to be in kill mode the entire time. So, you know, I thought they did a pretty good job. Um, My only complaint, not just with guarding him, but really guarding everyone on that team, uh, would be our transition defensive issues. Um, We have a really, really hard time with getting in front of people making him change directions, making him set up in a half court offense. You've got to get in front of Kevin Durant really before he crosses half court cuz he's 7 foot 1. I don't care what the stat sheet says. He's 7 foot 1 and his stride is insane and he can get from the half court line to the three point line like that. And uh he can get to his shot like that. And so you've got to make him change direction, him specifically. But overall, you know, I was really impressed by the fact that, you know, we had these negatives, we had these turnovers, we had these defensive breakdowns, but they still find a way to win, and that's all that matters.
2: That's the biggest thing. I mean, look, it's it's kind of a similar start that the Mavs had last year. I think, you, you know, last year before they had all the the Luka ankle injury stuff and the COVID stuff that they went through uh, in the early or in the second and third month of the season – they started out 9 and 4 mm-hmm. uh despite luca not playing very well at least by his standards but it was a similar thing where like they were 9 and 4 but you know all of the wins just seemed like they were grinded out real real tough and close so mm-hmm. in that regard it seems like it's you know a similar start but i'm more optimistic about it because you know they they've got a good net rating mm-hmm. um you know, the, they're getting good shots. I mean, the, the shot quality is really, really good across the board. You know, you just have guys like Reggie Bullock and uh, Dorian Finney Smith, who uh, given Finney Smith, he kind of found his rhythm last night, but, you know, Bullock and Kleba and, you know, some of these other guys that they need uh, to be hitting these open shots, they just haven't fallen so far this Mm -hmm. year. And, I'm not really as concerned with Bullock. I do wish he was capable of getting off to a better start uh, for the season. But if you look back at his career history, this is nothing new for Bullock. He starts off the year really slow, and then as soon as the calendar switches to the new year in January, he's a flamethrower from then you know through the playoffs. So I'm not necessarily worried about him right now, but it would be helpful if he could just get something <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's the way he's always been. He's been that way since he played at North Carolina. Um, you know, just really streaky to start the year. And then as time progresses, as time goes on and as he gains a rhythm, uh, you know, he starts playing better. But uh, I think he uh probably needs to take a page out of Lucas book as far as coming in ready uh at the beginning of the season, ready to produce at his max level. And there's a way to do that. Um he needs to take a page out of the out of the guy's book. So yeah, uh, whatever Luca did to, well, we know what Luca did. He got himself in a top tier condition. And, Luca uh,
2: he- had it. Luca had it in the back of his mind. You know, after the ridicule that he got last year when mm-hmm. he wasn't in shape, he didn't want to have that feeling again. I think he got kind of embarrassed uh, mm-hmm. with how the national media latched onto that last year, and he there was no way he was going to do that. Uh you know for a, a third consecutive it really he didn't start off the last two seasons uh very well so it's been great to see him do that and you're right i mean maybe maybe it is more of a conditioning issue or maybe it's just like a thing where Bullock's mental state isn't where it needs to be right now you know maybe the focus isn't there i don't know what the deal is but uh i think it will eventually get to that point but in the meantime you know, the Mavs, they're getting production from other places, and most notably is a guy we've talked about in recent episodes, Josh Green, who I'm just I'm just so thrilled with, man. I, I've been a big Josh Green believer since day one. Uh, you know, he really didn't have a rookie season with Rick Carlisle. He didn't get played much, didn't get much exposure. Last season, first year with Jason Kidd as head coach, Uh, He really got his feet wet. He played double the minutes, or more than double the minutes, with uh, uh, J-Kid last year than he did his rookie year uh, Mm -hmm. with Rick Carlisle. And he showed flashes in the playoffs in that first-round series against Utah. And, uh, you know, it was just – it's good to see that his hard work is starting to pay off now. He had a season-high 16 points against the Nets and was a plus 11 – Uh, in the box score. Uh, He was five of five from the field, two of two on his threes. Uh, Also had five rebounds, two assists. Didn't have any steals, but he had a lot of deflections. And, you know, he's really – his on-ball and off-ball defense has just been incredible. Uh, But he's just a ball of energy, and it stays like that from the moment he gets off the bench until the moment he goes back to the bench – and that's really what this team needs right now. Luca is carrying such a such a load so far this year, and I'm you know we talked about it briefly before we hopped on here. We've been so concerned with his usage rate that was near forty one percent. Well, now that's dropped below thirty eight percent in the last couple of games, so that's trending in a good direction mm-hmm. uh, because he's getting the extra help. But you know, Josh Green, uh, we came on here and said like this guy needs more minutes. He he has shown that he's ready. Uh, he's more confident. He's more controlled that he's been than he's been in the past. He's only 21 years old. Jason Kidd came out a few days ago and even said we've got to find a way to get him more minutes. Uh, well, unfortunately for Tim Hardaway Jr., it seems like that way to get him the minutes that we needed is for him to strain his hip. Uh, mm-hmm you know, in that game last night. He he only played 14 minutes, went out with a hip strain, and then Josh Green ended up uh, playing 27 minutes and having a, a season-high night. So I'm thrilled about Josh Green. I love what the guy brings to the table. I'm a super fan for Josh Green. I just think, uh, you know, he's he's kind of like – and my guy Blake Weir, uh, We we talk on – twitter from time to time about stuff and you know before ben simmons had his complete drop off we used to call or he used to call josh green baby ben Mm. with potential to have a a jump shot but i told him earlier this morning that it's borderline disrespectful to call him that anymore we got to come up with something else so he said what about baby matrix like sean marion And then it evolved into Matrix Reloaded, and that
1: uh, that
2: is the name.
1: That's cool. That's
2: <laughs> Matrix Reloaded for Josh Green.
1: <laughs> no, that's a really good comparison. Um, I think he shoots the ball a little bit better than Sean Marion did. Um, but yeah, a lot of the same characteristics, extremely athletic, defensive-minded, not selfish, is just out there to do whatever the team needs them to do to help them win. Um, but ironically. He's the best shooter in the NBA right now, as far as percentages are concerned. Um, 67%
2: <laughs> yeah. on his threes so far. Like, oh my God.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs> what was that net rating that you said? It was like eight. What, what was the
2: net rating overall? I think net rating, he is like, let me look this up real quick. Uh, I think he's like a, a plus 80 on the season <laughs> right now. His true, insane. his true. He he's also leading the league in true shooting percentage at eighty five percent. So I mean, That's insane. That is it's, insane. It's just unreal what's going on with Josh Green right now. And it, you know he's only averaging close to seven points and three rebounds a game. But I mean, what he does overall on both ends of the court, he's just a winning basketball player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I'm just I'm thrilled for him, man. I. Right. Let's yeah. see his net rating. He's got a positive twenty-five point one. That's really good. But I want to see his overall. I can't find it. I, it. It's his just his regular his raw plus minus. But I know it's uh I know it's up in the eighties. Let me let me get a total here. Yes, there it is. His his total plus minus so far on the season uh, is plus eighty.
1: <laughs> That's a wild stat, which is which
2: is crazy. So when wild. he's on the fl- when he's on the floor, good things happen. Uh, the Mavs just have to figure out how to preserve these these late leads because I don't know. It's just maybe it's just a learning curve with having you know a couple new players you're trying to integrate and you know having a guy like Josh Green having a bigger role. I don't know what the case is, but you know at least they're winning. You know, I, I have confidence that they can figure it out, and when they do, you know they're gonna they're gonna rattle off even more of these wins, and they'll they'll be in good playoff position come uh, late April. Let me see here. There was one more point I was going to bring up from that game. Oh, uh, one thing that came up yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, but earlier in the day, uh, there was a report. It really wasn't a report. It was a rumor. And, I mean, you know, depending on who you ask, I mean, it might not even be a rumor. It might just be speculation. But there was a guy that came out and, you know, basically said that, uh, a Western Conference executive said to watch for the Dallas Mavericks being a trade partner for Ben Simmons. Uh-huh. And I just, I just don't see it. I mean, you know, if it was just a salary dump situation and it was like, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. and Davis Breton straight up, no picks involved, nothing, uh, you know, maybe. Maybe you take a chance and you know, having a reclamation project with Ben Simmons and you know, maybe he decides he wants to be playing basketball again and you know lives up to that potential. But, you know, that that's about the only deal I could even see the Mavs starting to consider. And even then they might not do it because maybe you just don't want the headache of, you know, what he could potentially bring to the team. But uh in 16 minutes off the bench for the Brooklyn Nets last night, Ben Simmons had a whopping two points, three rebounds, two assists on one of three uh shooting. So
1: maybe a uh, triple single.
2: Here and we and go. It, and it, and was a negative seven in those sixteen minutes. So oh, Jesus. Yeah, I, <laughs> making around thirty-five million dollars a year. That just uh that just doesn't seem to, to cut it there. So I'm gonna officially stamp out the the Ben Simmons, uh, Mavs trade rumor stuff. I just don't think that's gonna happen. Better not
1: happen. I will be upset. I just
2: I just, I, so just I, I just can't see it. I mean, in in theory, the guy has a ton of potential. He could be like you know prime Draymond Green if his head was in the right place and you know he was committed to doing what he's supposed to do, but he's just not, he's just not there, man. He he might be on his way out of the league if it keeps on trending the way it's trending. But,
1: yeah, I mean, you say what he could be. I mean, if we're really going to go about what he could be, he was compared to LeBron James at a high school with all the things he was capable of doing. Which was
2: probably unfair to him in hindsight.
1: It was unfair, but, I mean, you know, we're shooting at the stars and we land on the moon, hypothetically. No, we (laughs) shot at the stars here, and, uh, I mean, we went straight to the center of the Earth. So, you know, it. uh, uh, I mean, the guy just hasn't developed at all, and he doesn't really show very much uh, interest in development. And, you know, we can talk about potential all day long, but the fact of the matter is, you know, we need to be more concerned about what is rather than what could be at this stage, because right now we're trying to win. Uh, Luca is the most consistent player I've ever seen. Um, He is playing at probably a higher level than anyone else in the league right now. I'd say that's a fair point. And uh, we need to win now. And I'm not sure that Ben Simmons really influences winning now and we don't have time to wait.
2: I think it's fair to say that Luca is playing on the highest level than anybody else. I, I'd say it's probably a one A one B situation with him and Giannis. Mm-hmm. But if you look at Giannis's team compared to Luca's team, Giannis has a lot more. And I'm not saying the Mavs don't have high quality players on the roster, but you know there's there's more umph with uh with that Milwaukee roster with Drew Holiday and. Uh, Bobby Portis and just defensively, uh, just defensively, they're great. They're, they're, it's like a meat grinder. Yeah, <laughs> and they're really good defensively. And, and and Chris Middleton, I don't even think Chris Middleton has come back yet. No, uh, from his injury. So once you add him into the mix, like it, they're just they're just unreal. But I think it's dev- it's between those two guys, uh, Luca and Giannis. And I would give Luca the nod over Giannis just because I think. He's more – like, if you take Giannis off the Bucks, they still have a fighting chance against most teams in the East, I feel like. Mm-hmm. You take Luka off the Mavs, I don't think <laughs> – I don't think well, they're sitting at 6-3 and three right now.
1: What Giannis brings to the table is he's probably the most effective two-way player in the league with what he brings on offense and defense. He's probably the most effective transition player in the league. Not probably. He is. Um, you can't stop the guy from getting to the rim. Uh, just because of the way he is. I mean, we've never seen someone like that, that big move like that, you know? And, uh, but the reason that I would give Luca the edge is the way that he's doing it. You know, not only is he averaging, what, 36, 37 a game, but he's getting his teammates involved too. Um, he's also hitting the glass hard. He's playing good defense, you know, not just take anything away from Giannis, but Luca's doing more. I think that has to be acknowledged. Luca is doing more to influence wins. And it's just like you said, you take Luka off the maps, they fall apart.
2: And you look at uh, – this was an interesting stat I saw, you know, posted earlier today too, but Luka Doncic is shooting 70.7% on drives this season. Yeah. On the, th- and he, on the third most drives per game of anybody <laughs> in the league. That's insane. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, he values every possession. If you look at him, you know, it's not out of control drives. Everything is off two. Everything's off a jump stop. Everything has a fake built into it. Everything is a double move. He is going to get the best available shot for himself, and if they overcommit, he's going to find somebody. Um, he has
2: he has an answer, a counter for everything. For every single thing that's thrown in. And My guy, Grant Afseth, uh, my colleague at DallasBasketball.com, he's a film room guru. Like he, he goes through these games and he'll, he'll post these film room pieces uh, after each game. If there's something notable to look at. And after that last Raptors win uh, before this game with the Nets, he went through and, you know, Nick nurse for the, the coach for the Raptors he threw 11 different defensive schemes at Luca and Luca picked apart every single one of them. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think Luca I think he relishes that. I think he's just like, I love this challenge. I love having all these different things thrown at me because it's like a, putting a puzzle together. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he welcomes that kind of stuff. And, look, I mean, it doesn't matter what anybody's thrown at him. He's still getting 30-plus points a game. Uh, ninth consecutive 30-plus point game to start a season. Second most all-time. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain's record is 23. So, yeah. he's he's, Luca is 14 away from tying Wilt Chamberlain, 15 away from surpassing him. Uh, if things keep trending the way they're going with all these close games, I think he has a good chance to do it. But I, I kind of feel like he's not going to reach that because at some point, you got to think there's going to be like a blowout win in the next uh, 13, 14 games to where Luca doesn't have to play all four quarters. Uh, so we'll, yeah. Keep him in. Give him a chance. Give him a shot. Jason Kidd is the kind of coach to see something like that and probably, you know, keep him in until he gets his numbers, which I know a lot of people probably wouldn't agree with. But I mean, look, if Luca's into it and he wants that on his resume, and you know, I who who cares? It's early season. You know, go go past Wilt and then take your rest. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get that record. That's incredible. in today's NBA, too, like you have to keep
1: in mind, like, no disrespect to Will Chamberlain, no disrespect to the people that played back then, but it is a completely different league now with completely different players at a completely different skill level. This is everything is so much more complicated now than it was then.
2: The athleticism um, and the length, just you know, league wide is just incredible.
1: Yes, it's, I it's mean, that's never been
2: and i remember i texted you the other night during that toronto game and i was just like holy crap dude toronto top to bottom is just like the longest and tallest team i have ever seen <laughs> they're just they're just like impossibly long and it you know i figured that you know nick nurse and his defensive schemes paired with them having all that length would bother luca more than it actually did but it didn't he just you know Kept on trucking through like he has all season. but uh, All right, DJ, well, this look, this is the last thing. This isn't really a serious basketball topic, but I thought you would find it interesting uh, given it's one of your North Carolina guys, again, Theo Pinson. Uh, so Tim McMahon tweeted out that the trash talk between Kevin Durant and Theo Pinson last night uh, was about the Mavs throwing the kitchen sink at KD defensively. Um Pinson said, I told, let's see, I told KD he was going to have to be Magic Johnson tonight and pass. <laughs> and then KD fired back and said, nobody in this league wants to let me go one-on-one or see me at my spot, so they're going to throw uh, three or four people at me, play zone up when I get the ball. And uh, he was just telling Theo Pinson that this is how great I am. Uh, and you know, it was, it was a friendly back and forth. And then the funniest part of this entire thing was at the end when Pinson says that, uh, he acknowledges that Katie gets amped up after, you know, having trash talk with another player. Uh, and he, he went and told his Mavs teammates, y'all better go guard. Now I done poked the bear. <laughs> 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 Thanks Theo Pinson. You made everybody's <laughs> job harder. Now just go back to the bench. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, he did. I it's Still, I mean, KD still had 37. I mean, he still had close to 40. So, it's never wise to piss off someone that good. Never is. But Did,
3: did, uh, he, have, did he have that many
1: points? He had 37, I think. See.
2: Oh, well, well, he had 37 in the first game. He had 26 in last night's oh, game. Oh, crap.
1: I looked at the wrong stats.
2: <laughs> no. I was thinking, dang, he got more points than I thought he did. But, uh, but still, I mean – especially when you're in a close game coming down the stretch and you know kd had a chance to tie it at the end there i mean if they ended up going to overtime and losing and then this stuff comes out with theo pinson you know there's a completely different mood like theo pinson's getting burned at the stake
1: (laughs) oh yeah i mean he walks in the locker room and everyone just sits there in silence and looks at him really
2: (laughs) really you talk to that guy I, I just know Dorian Finney-Smith and, and Reggie Bullock, Josh Green, You know, all the guys that are having to guard KD are just, like, looking at pensions like, why, what? <laughs> what why are you – What is your end game here? Like, there's certain guys you talk to. You can talk to Rudy Gobert in the playoffs and get in his head. Uh, you don't want to do that to – Not KD. KD. No. no. Don't do it. <laughs> oh, man. Well – That was fun. Um, You know, like I said, the Mavs have won four straight now, and they've got a very manageable – I mean, I know it's a back-to-back and it's, you know, both on the road, but they play the Orlando Magic, who have really struggled this season. Mm -hmm. They've got a good young team. Uh, Paolo Banchero is a really good player. He's going to be a star in this league. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, they just – they're at that growing phase where they're not able to finish games. So they should win that one. Uh, the second night of a back-to-back against Washington is going to be tough uh, mm-hmm. because KP, you know, if he plays like he did the last time uh, the Mavs and Wizards got together, he probably has a little extra chip on his shoulder. Oh, yeah. But but then again, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie probably has one on his too. So, you know, and he he's coming off a game where he was absolutely hosed by the officials, in my opinion. I've actually got an in-depth piece coming to DallasBasketball.com on that. Uh, you know, he was – uh, he had a controversy with official Tony Brothers here recently where Tony Brothers, uh, supposedly called him a name that I'm not going to say on this podcast because, really? I, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll send you that link. But, uh, basically he called him a name that I can't repeat on here and the league is investigating it now. And, uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, after that game, he outed Tony Brothers in the press conference, uh, to start really? it. And, uh, Then the following game, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie he he only scores two points and he goes one of eight from the field, but every one or nearly every one of his drives to the basket, he was just getting hacked, and the officials they won't call anything, and you know when they they were either not calling a foul and he was missing a shot when he should have been at the free throw line, or he was being called for cheap offensive fouls, at least like two or three on the night. So, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, he outed Tony Brothers. He potentially got one of these officials in trouble with the league, depending on what they find out. You know, are the other, do the other officials, do they have this on their mind and they're trying to like, you know, get back at him? I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy, but, you know, me watching that, it was so egregious last night, DJ. I just, I couldn't help myself but think, like, man, they're out to get Dinwiddie in this one. They're sending a message to him right now.
1: Well, I'll tell you something. You know, I, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist guy either, but I do know that officials are human, and uh, I, I'm not going with this where you think I am. Humans get pissed off, and uh, whenever humans get pissed off, it affects their uh, their non biasness, their ability to be non biased. And uh, you know, even if it is subconscious, which it probably isn't, but even if it is subconscious, I have seen it to where refs will subconsciously not give people calls because they are pissed off at them, and that's not a ref thing. That's a that's a human thing. You yeah. piss somebody off, you know, they're not going to give you a call. So um, that's something that we actually talk about all the time, me and my kids. Because uh, I mean, we had a game last night, and one of ours started spouting off to the ref. I'm like, listen, like, do you want to get a call at all? Because you're not going to at this rate. Yeah,
2: so, and I like how I like how look look despite all the. The bad no calls and some of the horrendous. Now, look, given some of the offensive calls last night, like Christian Wood on a moving screen stuff like that, that was legitimate. But mm-hmm. the stuff against Denwitty specifically was egregious, and it was not. It was not right. And I, I'm going to highlight that in this piece with the the clips of each drive he had. And you know the calls that he made because in my mind I was just thinking like man they're out to get this guy there is no way uh, that you know Dinwiddie is being this ineffective yeah. uh, so well you know we'll see how it goes maybe it was just a one game thing if it if it trickles on into this next uh, two game road trip you know then then things might start blowing up a little bit more but uh, that is one thing I've liked about Luca so far this year he's he's keeping his composure better you know even with him or his teammates if they're not getting calls last night he was uh biting the collar of his jersey instead of continuing to complain about it and potentially get a technical foul so that's a sign of maturity uh from him and you know uh, hopefully he doesn't have a, a technical foul issue at the end of this season the way he did last year so Guys, we appreciate it. As always, be sure to go like, rate, and subscribe on all your favorite podcast platforms. As always, leave us a a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, That automatically enters you for a chance to win uh, step-back t-shirt giveaways. And every now and then we'll do uh, ticket giveaways and stuff of that nature. We're actually going to be doing a uh, ticket giveaway here in the next two weeks. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, on my Twitter page at Dalton underscore trig, and again, you can find DJ Drew Johnson here at Drew. Sorry, at Coach Drew 33 on Twitter. So, y'all show him some, some love, give him a follow over there. Uh, and DJ, I appreciate it as always. Uh, we will come back on here and highlight the next handful of games the Mavs play. Uh, probably early next week i think i think the the weekly recap stuff is a is a good pace to keep this on right now but i uh, appreciate you joining me as always anything else you want to add before we take off no i
1: just always happy to be here always have a good time on this so i'm looking forward to it
2: well keep doing a good job with uh with your coaching duties and everything and uh hopefully hopefully we can uh continue to have some good times with the Mavs rolling forward they're on a roll right now and uh it hasn't been ugly but like I said earlier a win is a win is a win and once guys start hitting their shots some of these role players that haven't been hitting uh I think the Mavs are due for uh going on a big roll so guys appreciate it y'all have a great rest of your week and we'll see you next time y'all have a good one